Colorado's mental health care system has been struggling for years. Many people can't get the care they need, and when they don't, things can go off the rails really fast. For Joshua Hersa, that slide started on a particular day when he was 25. I was walking my daughter to Cheeseman Park, and I slipped into a psychosis. I didn't even know that she was there, and I walked to the Brown Palace. Denver police eventually found Hersa at the Brown Palace Hotel talking to people who didn't exist. They also found his daughter unharmed. She was outside at a different location. Versa has since been diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder and as bipolar. So I have multiple people in my head who are like either yelling or screaming or trying to control my body. After that first psychosis, Hersa spent a week at a mental hospital and then was sent to jail. He ended up being convicted of reckless endangerment for walking away and leaving his daughter. In the years since, he's been hospitalized twice and spent a couple months in jail when there wasn't any other place for him to go to get treatment. But Hersa said when he's on his medication, he can be stable and pretty much go about his normal daily routine. I take six different drugs. Before I came here, I popped all my pills. But it's the pro- it's, it's a choice. I can wake up and be a homeless schizophrenic any day of the week. I just refuse to take my meds, refuse therapy. I met up with Hersa at the state capitol. He actually worked here for quite a while as a legislative aide before hmm. all of this. He knows the legislature very well, and he says he does get frustrated with how little lawmakers have done when it comes to behavioral health. I've been here from 2010 to 2014. They didn't give a flying rip about schizophrenics. They didn't care that they were sitting in jail. Not a single one of them, I'll be honest. Otherwise, they would have ran a bill. That's, you know, talk is cheap. But this year, Hersa thinks things will be different. He's come back to the Capitol to advocate for bills that would touch directly on his life, a whole package of measures meant to improve how the state helps Coloradans dealing with severe mental illness. It's an urgent issue, not just for him, but for many, many people across the state. And it's one a lot of people think is long overdue for some major reform. And Hersa said he's proud that lawmakers are really diving into it this session and poised to make some significant changes, which he thinks are desperately overdue. So in Colorado, we have this crisis. We have a homeless crisis. It's due to a mental health crisis, which is due to a drug crisis. All of these things are tied together. Are we going to solve these things and get our arms around it? So to that question on this episode of Purplish, lawmakers tackle Colorado's mental health care. They're bringing big dollars to the effort this year, but will it be enough to meet all the state's many unmet needs? This is Purplish from CPR News, a podcast about Colorado politics and policy. I'm Benta Berkland, hosting remotely this week. And I'm Andrew Kenny here in Denver. We're only days away from the end of the legislative session. And in this episode, we're going to look at an issue that many lawmakers have been working on since not just this year, but in many cases, even longer, behavioral health. And a quick warning before we get into the episode, in the course of our conversation, we will be talking about suicide. So mental health or behavioral health is one of those few big issues facing Colorado that state leaders have chosen to put a big chunk of federal COVID relief money into. Their goal is, quote, transformative change in an area where Colorado has long lagged behind other states. We're talking close to $500 million. Yep, a half billion. 
At the same time, lawmakers are also hoping to make changes to policies and systems that are currently failing many people like Josh Hersa. So we're going to spend a bit of time talking about the scope of the issue in Colorado, where the gaps are, what's happening to the people when they can't get the help that they need. We'll cover three big areas lawmakers hope to make a difference in. Inpatient capacity, youth treatment, and the system itself. It is a really big topic with lots of complex elements, just like healthcare always has. And it's truly an issue where what lawmakers do or don't do could have a really significant effect on tons of people's lives. Andy, in the course of covering this, I heard some figures about Colorado that really put this whole situation in perspective. I have to say they were pretty troubling and it actually surprised me. Wow. Why don't you why don't you share a couple of them? So the first is from Mental Health America. This is a national advocacy group. And they found that Coloradans are overall experiencing behavioral health problems, mental illness, substance use disorder, suicidal thoughts at a higher rate than people in most other states in the country. And a second concerning figure is that Colorado has the seventh highest suicide rate in the U.S. So that shows this relatively high need for mental health treatment in the state. In your reporting, how did you find how is Colorado doing on actually providing those kinds of services and help? Unfortunately, not that well. When you look at Mental Health America, the group I just mentioned, They rank states based on what percentage of people who need care can get that care. Mm -hmm. So where do you think Colorado ranks? I feel like we're usually quite low on a lot of these measures, but I don't want to guess last. It is last. Yes, we are last. And that's for adults. It's a bit better for kids, but Mm -hmm. for adults, we're ranked as the worst state in the nation when you compare how many people have a mental illness to how many treatment resources are available to those people. So this is measuring things like adults with any type of mental illness, substance abuse disorder, serious thoughts of suicide, and then it kind of compares that to the number of those people who did not receive treatment. So not to put it in super clinical terms, but there's not nearly enough supply of services for the demand for treatment. That's exactly right. And it brings us to the first big thing state lawmakers want to do which is to open up more beds for people in crisis. Mental health, behavioral health is one of those areas where many of the lawmakers proposing policies also have a lot of experience with the system itself, even if it's not something they talk about right away, but they have personal experiences. No one wants to admit that they're having behavioral health issues. Most people don't want to admit that, at least not until it's been going on for a while. That's Representative Judy Amabile. She's a Democrat. She's from Boulder. And her son has been struggling with his mental health since shortly after high school. He has something called thought broadcasting, uh, where he thinks other people can hear what he's thinking. And that makes you very vulnerable when you're out in public. So you're buying a coffee at Starbucks and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this barista is so hot. And then you think she heard that. Amabile has been at the forefront of this. She's been really involved in this year's behavioral health policies. 
She's sponsoring a bill that would direct around $50 million each year to help private providers add 125 more inpatient beds. So the idea here is that Colorado just doesn't have enough places right now for people to go if they're in a severe crisis. You know, they need someplace safe to manage their symptoms. The vision for this is that it's a place where you could stay for a week, a month, three months, six months, and that how long you stay should depend on what you need, as opposed to who's paying and how much they're willing to spend, which is kind of the system we have now. So, you know, when those kind of residential places to be treated aren't available, we've heard a lot over the years about what can happen to people. Instead of going to a treatment facility, they may end up getting arrested and being held in jail instead. And that's a big concern for Amabile and a lot of other lawmakers and parents because right now the justice system is the biggest provider of mental health care in Colorado. So you know, no one thinks that this is a good approach, but the current system just doesn't have the capacity for it. And so things escalate to that point. And jail is not a restorative environment to give people the most successful tools that they are going to need to handle these health issues. And that leads to this issue that's not unique to Colorado, but it's one the state's been dealing with for more than a decade. So let me introduce a new idea here. It's that people in mental health crises after they've been arrested for different criminal charges, are often found incompetent to stand trial, which means, you know, the state's saying that you're not ready for trial. You're not in a fit state. But because of that, the state has to then return them, quote, to competency before the case can move forward. And for years and years, that has meant that tons of people have been waiting much longer than they're really supposed to under the rules before they can get psychiatric help, before they can get that competency restored. And they just end up sitting in jails. Our colleague Allison Sherry has reported on this a lot. Right now, Colorado as a state is paying millions of dollars in fines because of those delays, because people are sitting in jails instead of getting help or instead of being able to be competent to stand trial. I talked to Joe Pelly. He's the Boulder County Sheriff. And he said they've been working on this effort in recent years, you know, to address the mental health crises in jails. He said, but despite additional grant money, additional mental health staff, it's still not enough for Boulder County because they just cannot keep up with all the people who need this help. We are doing the best we can with what we have. But, um, you know, when I, I've been the sheriff in Boulder County for 20 years, when I first started, I was told about 15% of the inmates in our jail had a diagnosed mental illness. Um, today, that can be as high as 60 or 70% of the folks in there that are struggling with some kind of mental health issue. So the sheriff there talked about the rising number of people being diagnosed with mental illness in jails. Uh, That's not to say that this is an entirely new problem of, you know, people with mental illness ending up in jail. It may be in part that jails are getting more sensitized, that they're diagnosing more mental illness, that we're more receptive to the idea that mental illness is leading people into jail instead of treatment. I think that could be right, that people are getting diagnosed more frequently, but also, you know, from a lot of the advocates I talked to, if we had a system that could treat people earlier, treat their symptoms, people can take medication if that's what they need. It may not escalate to to someone ending up in jail. Okay, so do the bills this year do anything to address what we were just talking about? Amabile has a measure that would add more beds specifically for those people who do need competency treatment. 
So she has a bill that would allow some of those competency, that restoration to happen in the community instead of in jail. So these are things like, you know, before you stand trial, you have to understand the charges against Mm -hmm. you. You have to know who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, some basic things like that. And there is another measure that Governor Polis just signed from this session that would expand a program in Colorado where district attorneys could divert people who've been arrested out of the criminal justice system and into treatment in the community. And the idea here is that if someone's mental illness leads them to break the law, treatment may be a better approach than punishment. All right. So to sum it up, Colorado ranks at the bottom nationally for behavioral health services and their availability compared to how many people actually need them. And so the first of these big things that state lawmakers are trying to do to improve this system is just to create more beds, create more residential treatment. Exactly. State lawmakers really want to fund more inpatient slots around the state and try to increase access for people who are in crisis, who really don't have a place to get that help other than, you know, a quick hospital stay or something. Mm. And then separately, for people who are in a mental health crisis, who've Mm. been arrested, Colorado wants to speed up the process for them to get restored to competency if that's the case so they can get to trial. Okay, so that's treatment capacity, actually getting people services. What's another big thing that they're trying to do, another big focus? Lawmakers really have their eyes on one particular group of Coloradans, and that's kids. When it comes to children and mental health, People across Colorado are really worried. Last year, Children's Hospital in Colorado actually declared a youth mental health emergency. And when they did that, they cited the devastating figure that suicide is the leading cause of death for young people. And Children's Hospital Colorado said they're seeing emergency rooms filled with children who've made suicide attempts. And that this is unprecedented. And despite the resources they're putting into this, it's not getting better. Obviously, with all the changes we're observing the statistics, there are really some major alarm bells going off here. Absolutely. And this has been getting worse for a while, but we can't discount the impact of the pandemic yeah. with a social isolation, remote schooling, Even stress and anxiety adults have felt and how that impacts children and how that takes a major toll on them. And even though pandemic restrictions are loosening up, it's unfortunately not just snap our fingers and things can go back to normal and and people are okay. And that's on top of tons of other changes that researchers are looking into as possible causes. But it sounds like for now, lawmakers are trying to do something about this at the state level. What is in the works? Well, they have a number of things that they're working on. Bills that would provide more support for children at school to get therapy and counseling. You know, it's a place they already are going to be at every day for the most part. And expanding a program that recently started with some federal money for free counseling for school-aged children and therapy. So trying to make it accessible and, and easy to get that service. So this is another issue where one of the leading lawmakers working on it has a big personal stake, right? That is right, yes. Representative Daphna michelson Janay. she's a Democrat. She's been working on this issue for a long time, and she deals with severe depression, and so do some of her family members. And she's run a number of bills over the years to try to get children more access to therapy and suicide prevention efforts. You know, when you think about mental health available in other states, we don't have it here you know we we 
desperately call it the missing middle. We just don't have the care that our, our kids need. And our suicide rate is higher than most states, and we need to do these things to be able to secure the mental health and well-being of our children, as well as our adults. And Michael and Janae also proposing to, to spend significant more money on children with the most severe mental health conditions. So her biggest bill this session, cost-wise, would set up inpatient beds for youth at the state's mental health hospital. And that hospital is in Fort Logan. And then it would also establish residential treatment beds in other regions of Colorado, so across the state, and those would specifically be for young patients. So um, if you have schizoaffective disorder, if you have um, advanced major depressive disorder, if you have a substance use disorder on top of that disorder, this is a place where you can come and get complete treatment. Also, if you have other developmental disabilities, a, a big problem that we often have is if you have a developmental disability and a mental illness, many places won't take you because they can't manage the developmental disability. The neuropsychiatric facility will be able to handle this. So that's focused on treating youth, but then it kind of dovetails mm -hmm. with the other legislation we were talking about earlier in the episode for adults, for people like Josh Hersa, who we heard from at the beginning. Yes, that's right. I mean, this is just for youth. And Michelson, Janae, and others say that even with all this money they're spending this year, it still won't get Colorado to the levels of these inpatient beds that the state really needs. But they see this, of course, moving in the right direction. And she pointed out something that I think is important to remember. And it's when we talk about a bed, a residential treatment bed, we're not just talking about a piece of furniture yeah. or a room. You know, we visualize a bed in a hospital, a bed in a hospital, plus the care for the patient, plus the resources we need for medication-assisted treatment, um, plus the resources we need for therapeutic in investment in the patient. Um, so when you think of a bed, you think of a whole little ecosystem that we are going to put into place for one person, two persons, three persons. So we've talked about these two major bills to put millions of dollars into inpatient treatment. They're both democratically sponsored. Just curious, do these have Republicans on board as well? Well, a lot of these bills to increase capacity came out of a legislative task force that was bipartisan, that was set up to look at transforming our behavioral health system. And so they do have Republican support. This is an issue that both parties generally agree is absolutely critical to the state. I would say, though, I mean, it's not like every Republican is on board by any means. Michelson Janae's measure to fund the youth residential treatment beds, that has a lot more bipartisan backing, I'd say. What is the difference that you're hearing from Republican lawmakers that they're drawing between those different categories? Well, to understand that, I talked with Representative Rod Pelton. He's from the Eastern Plains. He served on that behavioral health task force. Mm -hmm. He did end up voting for Michelson Janae's bill. The bill for the uh, youth treatment beds? Yes. And just in the first year alone, that totals about $50 million. Mm -hmm. But Pelton did not vote for increased beds for adults. And for him, it's it's a fiscal issue. How so? The price tag? Yeah. And Pelton said he understands there's great need for more inpatient beds. He said at this point, he couldn't quite get behind those ongoing funds that would be required for the additional beds. Hmm. But one thing he says he really does like is, is especially with the youth measure 
that the bill is focused on youth beyond just metro areas. It's across the state. And as a rural lawmaker, he's very aware of how little is available for people in a lot of smaller communities in Colorado. That's something I've actually heard a lot about in my own reporting on substance use treatment, on treatment for opioids, is that if you're in rural Colorado, you're out of luck when it comes to a lot of different types of treatment. You know, you can still get telehealth services and some prescription drugs, but it's just not the same as what you can get in the front range. And that's part of what contributes to higher suicide rates and other issues in rural areas. When I talked to Pelton, one thing he pointed out is that in smaller rural areas, he thinks there's this attitude of people you know, used to working on the land and doing things for themselves and feeling like they can take anything on. Mm -hmm. and so they don't want to ask for help. So you've got the cultural barrier on top of the fact that the services aren't always there. A bit of a chicken and egg problem there, too, where how do you encourage a whole community to seek treatment when it's just not there? I mean, as I've heard over and over reporting on this topic, there are so many facets and ways to address this issue. Yeah. But I think lawmakers at least first want to get more capacity in the system. So if people want to get help. There's at least a place to go. So two of those big policies this year, more money for general inpatient beds and more money for youth treatment in particular would try to address that. Capacity alone, of course, isn't going to be enough. That brings us to the third big thing lawmakers are doing, trying to improve the system itself. So we've touched on increased capacity for some of the most at-risk Coloradans, but let's round out this episode of Purplish with some of the systemic changes Colorado is hoping to make. The most significant is building out a new behavioral health administration for Colorado. That's something that was created last year with support from lawmakers in both parties. I know a little bit about it. It's supposed to be the umbrella that pulls together some of these fractured different elements. What else can you tell us about it, though? Yeah, I think that's that's right. You know, the goal is to centralize some of these services. So to make the system more holistic and transparent and efficient. So kind of having everything in one place. So this new state agency for behavioral health would do things like administer money, monitor outcomes. So you know, how are things actually going in the real world here? And they would be the single agency responsible for all these different behavioral health programs. Mm. Yeah, it's a complex system and it's actually a bunch of different systems. You know, I ran into this reporting on the substance use treatment, opioid treatment. It took me days and days to find out who to even ask, where to go, what department to go to, to ask about different facets of treating the same thing. It's really not easy, even as a reporter, to get information about how many treatment beds are there, where are they. Only recently did the state start collecting information like how long the wait lists were at different residential substance use treatment facilities. So you can imagine how tough it is if you're a patient or a family member. But you know, the whole idea that we were just talking about with this behavioral health administration is to make it more of a unified system, bring mm -hmm. some cohesiveness. When I talked to Representative Judy Mobile, because she's had to deal with a lot of this due to her son, she was just reflecting on how difficult it was to find out where to go to get help when yeah. someone is really in a crisis. She said she didn't even know the right lingo, the right terms, who to call someplace would give her a list of places that no one picks up the phone and yeah you know they have wait lists and then she didn't know what's the difference between detox and rehab so it's just like there's so many levels of complexity when people 
you know, are really trying to get help. And there is also money set aside for kind of care coordination hmm. to help families navigate the system. So to have another expert to rely on instead of just having to become an expert in this care system as the family member, or as the patient. Yeah. And Amabile is, is really trying to use her personal experience to be one of the things that helps inform these policies and how they could have a real world impact to improve the system for people. So to wrap up, Colorado faces greater mental health challenges than a lot of other states, more people who need help and less help available. And so when lawmakers got this big pot of federal money last year that we keep talking about, they decided it's time to really try to do something about those mental health system issues. And the biggest thing they're trying to do immediately is to reduce this backlog in need of beds, Mm -hmm. more beds for adults and children who are in crises. They're also making changes that they hope will benefit people with mental illness who get arrested to get them treatment faster and potentially keep them from getting stuck in the justice system instead of the treatment system. They also have a whole range of bills meant to help youth in particular because there's a crisis going on at that age. And finally, they're trying to streamline the system, get all the programs and services the state is involved in under one administration to make it easier for people and families and providers to figure out what's going on to navigate the thing. I want to share one final thought. And it comes from a woman named Sylvia Taz. She's a mom. Her son has schizoaffective disorder. And her whole family has had just such a hard, hard time dealing with this and all the ramifications surrounding it. Her son has been in jail in Boulder County for the past year because he assaulted her, his mother, after being let out of a hospital. His mother had pleaded to let him stay in this hospital a few extra days. She needed about four or five days for a residential treatment bed to open up. That didn't happen. And so her son was let out of the hospital and a couple days later assaulted her. So this mother, Sylvia, recently moved to New Mexico. She'd lived in Colorado for decades. She said she loves Colorado, but she said they just couldn't live here anymore with the way she feels Colorado treats mentally ill residents. We get all these accolades for being one of the healthiest states. Um, We're 51st in mental health care. I think we need to stop the charades and the window dressing, and we need to identify this as threatening as the wildfires as we've just had. Our state right now, outside of these bills, has been designing a blueprint for a fire engine when we have the equivalent of wildfires raging all around the state and the lack of mental health services. We loved Colorado. We couldn't stay there. We've talked about a lot of really heavy stuff, and if you are experiencing a crisis or you're looking for mental health services for you or somebody you know, you can call the Colorado Crisis Services Hotline at 1-844-493-8255 or text TALK to 38255 to speak with a trained counselor or professional. Those lines really help and can help people in crisis. Purplish is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. Learn about becoming a member and join today at CPR.org. I'm Benta Berkland. And I'm Andrew Kenny. Purplish is edited by Megan Verley and produced by Shane Rumsey. 
We'll be back in your feeds next week to wrap up the legislative session. If you're not already a subscriber, join today so you don't miss it. This is Purplish from CPR News.